0: There are a lot of deer in my area, and I just got back from a walk on a trail I frequent. I was about a half mile into the walk when I came across a deer in the middle of a trail. Immediately I noticed that it had backwards back legs and that its eyes looked exactly like a person's. I know what a deer's eyes look like, and I know what a person's eyes look like. This thing had human eyes. I was frozen in my tracks and the deer turned to look at me with this kind of hateful, evil expression I can't describe before standing up on its back legs and walked into the forest like a person. I ran for it and ran the entire way back to my car, and I'm shaking right now. What the F was that? Edit, I read some comments and contacted my local park ranger and informed them of the general location where I came across it. Hopefully, Right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active mint customers by 53124 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG they find that poor baby before that same thing happens to another deer. my wife and I moved to Lexington, Illinois in April 2016. During that first summer here, we heard a lot of stories, from residents that we talked to. Back on January 27, 2018, I wasn't sleeping well because the local coyote pack was getting riled up about something. They were extremely vocal that night. I'm usually a deep sleeper but they woke me up with their incessant yipping, barking and howling. It sounded like a hunt was on. I got up and decided to use the bathroom, after I did a quick check outside from our windows. While in there I heard what could be like to an animal-like screech like the rouse from the Princess Bride film and a really deep bass hoo-hoo. I thought it was odd. So I looked out our bathroom window and saw a large shadow pass under a streetlight about 30 feet from our place. like witness from Wilmington, Illinois, described, landed. It made no sound when it flared its wings when it landed in a tree not more than 10 feet from our place. A local creek is about 60 to 70 feet away from our place and about the same distance from the tree this being was perched in. It walked with a kind of hop. The feet had a splayed three-clawed foot, with digits like a sloth. I did not get a good look at the torso or how its arms and grasping digits looked, but the way it landed it looked like it had paws, but I'm not sure. I never got a good look at the head. I observed it for a few minutes before it made that unnerving screech-hoot sound about four times before it just glided out of the tree towards the creek, in a south-southwest direction of the Mackinac River. The coyotes started up again with their noise but it sounded like they were following it. I don't think it knew it was being observed. It was more unnerving than the times a Bigfoot made visits to my family's property when I was young, or the night when something literally destroyed two of our mares. I remember enough of that night sometimes to actually have nightmares. But not this thing. It just unnerved me. But one thing I did notice was the stench of blood in the air. I don't know if you've been hunting but that blood smell when you are field dressing a deer or antelope, that was the smell it left behind. This occurred between 2.30 a.m. and 2.45 a.m. on January 27, 2018. The Wilmington, Illinois witness reported helicopter activity. In my area that ramps up in the late fall-early winter, between 11 p.m. and 1.45 a.m. It quits and starts up again at around 2.30 to 2.45 a.m. until around 4 a.m. One night I was out for a quick walk and heard an odd chopper sound. It sounded like a blackhawk but really weird, like it had baffling on, but the chop of the blades is unmistakable. That night there was a clear enough sky for a full moon. I saw the silhouette, but the tail section was shaped like the rear tail of the cancelled Comanche helicopter. It flew over the cornfields and little forest area nearby and the Mackinac River for hours, back and forth. One night in November 2016, I got curious enough to try out my night vision camera. I waited for the chopper to come, right like clockwork it began its route on a 5x5 search pattern. Through the lens I seen two domes under the fuselage, by the cockpit. To my eye not glued to my eyepiece, One was emitting a rather powerful searchlight, but it was concentrated on the river area. It banked north and came close by our place. I seen a brightness emitting from the other dome, I couldn't see it with my naked eye, but it was there on screen. It overloaded the optics on my camera, also the video that I recorded on the flash drive was corrupted and not retrievable. The battery supply burst and the main board was toast. That same night around 2.30 a.m. to 3 a.m. I was woken up by the sound of diesel engines, but not semi-diesel. I looked out on PJ Keller Highway, and there was a small convoy of three MRAPs, four Hummers, and five May TVs. A couple Hummers had that new. 50 calories minigun mounted. The rest had either the M2 or M240 mounted. They all looked like they were primer gray colored. They stopped at intervals on either side of the small bridge 50 feet away. Troops dismounted from the MRAP and MAV. They had rifles and strange body armor. They kept the lights on the vehicles on. I took out my field spotter glasses and got a better look. Fast entry helmets, balaclavas, 4 eye night vision sets. Dull finished metallic looking body armor. Vest, arms legs and curiously neck they all carried combat sabers and either fn 2000 rifles or rifles that looked like the xm 25 26 27 prototypes a team of three went into the woods off to the right of the road if you are headed west by the cemetery they were gone about 10 minutes when a couple shots rang out and all the troops came out of the woods in a hurry got in the vehicles and took off The helicopter flyover stopped until this past August. It's like clockwork. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 11 p.m. to 12.45 a.m. and 2.30 a.m. to 4 a.m. Currently one is flying over as I type this. January 31, 2018, 12.30 a.m. I prefer to remain anonymous for now. I worked as a civilian independent contractor in the Dakotas for about eight years. Advised in the Golden Coyote exercises in the Black Hills of South Dakota, and the bombing range recovery in the Badlands of South Dakota. I grew up in a military family, all branches, been around military vehicles since I could remember. I couldn't join because of a health problem they detected. It was summer 2007 when we had taken a boat ride and watched the sunset. It was dusk and the sun was setting as we approached our dock. As we got closer my friend and I both saw what looked like a human standing at the end of our dock and thought it was strange because there was no one else around. Our neighboring boats were all docked, there were no other cars around, etc. We were the only one out that evening from our dock area. It then turned around and we saw its glowing yellowish eyes. At this point, we were freaked out wondering what this was because there was something totally off about it and it was clearly not a normal human. Then, as we got even closer, it spread its wings, flapped a few times and soared up into the sky. It was way too big to be a bird. I've never seen anything like it before or after. It was probably around five to six feet tall and really dark. The whole body and wings were gray-slash-black. Not sure if this is of interest but my family and I also saw a UFO at Prairie Creek Reservoir around dusk as well a few years later. We were one of the only boats on the water, it was such a serene, quiet and peaceful evening. My mother looked up at the sky and saw the UFO so we all looked up, it was shaped like a tin can, stayed still and made absolutely no noise. At that instant, My father caught a fish and the commotion caused us all to look down and a few seconds later when we looked back up it was gone without a trace. Really not sure what the F I saw a few years ago. I'll try to keep it short. Around 4 to 5 years ago, my husband and I were on our way to work, 6 AM. He was driving and I was looking out the passenger window into the cornfield. Caught sight of a deer but something felt off. Really felt like time slowed down as I watched the deer rise up on its hind legs. This intense feeling of dread made my stomach turn and for a second, almost felt like I was going to vomit. For height reference, the corn had only grown about five feet. The deer was at least six feet or more. Noticed its eye was solid white. Its head was straight up and its front legs just dangled there. Best way to describe what I saw was if you hollowed out a deer and climbed into it. The creepiest thing about it was it looked like it had a seam from under its chin down to its chest and what looked like a human eye peeking out of the slit. All I could think was don't make eye contact. Looked away real quick. This all happened in a matter of seconds but felt like minutes. The events unfolded as such. I was driving down road 1 in between 400 and 500 s now this location is in Randolph County just 10 to 15 minutes kind of east from Prairie Creek Reservoir. This is why the article caught my husband's attention from the beginning. Anyway, as I was driving I saw what appeared to be a human crouched down in the road. As I got closer and the more I slowed down it did not move, so I was at a complete stop. This thing slowly turned its head to look my way and it had greenish-yellowish like eyes, like the color of cat eyes. It stared for maybe three seconds and then proceeded to slowly get up from its position, like a human would stand up because it had legs. It turned towards my car. It stepped on my car and used it to take off. Then it lifted off like a glider towards the sky. I turned my head just in time to see it tuck its legs into its body, so it did appear as a bird in flight. Kind of. Its wingspan was wider than anything I've ever seen on an animal in my life. I told my husband what had happened and he told me it had to have been a bird. Until he saw this article. I've never said anything to anyone else in fear that I would be made out to be an idiot. I also would still like to maintain my privacy as I do not want any public attention from this as I have a young daughter and do not want her to be bought into it either. I hope you'll maintain my privacy as well and keep my involvement just a witness as you did the other witness in your article. I was recently told by a friend that you investigate strange canine sightings in Pennsylvania. I live in the northeastern part of the state, in rural Monroe County in the Poconos. I have a bipedal wolf account. This occurred on September 3, 1975. I now own the property and still live there. My father and I were traveling in our family station wagon on a dirt road on our property. When we first saw this creature it had come out of heavy woods and crossed the road while on all fours. We stopped the car and watched it. When it reached the north boundary of our field it stood up on its hind legs. It tried to hide between two mulberry trees. Its head touched a branch that was approximately 12 feet off the ground. My father would later measure its height. It then ran south, dropping down on all fours. It was running at an unbelievable speed. It covered 100 plus yards and ran out of the southern boundary of our field into the road directly in front of us. From its nose to the tip of its tail it covered the county road from shoulder to shoulder approximately 18 feet. Its left shoulder was about one foot above the center of the hood of our car. When measured it was three feet off the ground putting its left shoulder at approximately four feet tall. As it ran in front of us crossing the road it turned its head toward us and snarled showing all of its teeth including the canines that were at least six inches long. It had huge amber eyes and just looked plain evil. The neighbor who owned the woods where the creature had come out of had about 12 guard dogs. He lived alone, we called him Mr. Hermit, and owned about 100 acres which included several long retired slate quarry holes that were all filled with clear blue water and huge fish. The woods were also full of deer. By the way, our newly built home was about 50 yards west of where it ran south across the road. A few nights after this incident, at about 1 a.m. in the morning, all hell broke loose. We could hear the neighbor's guard dogs fighting, madly yelping, and being slaughtered. Mr. Hermit opened up with a 12-gauge and kept firing. We would find out later that nine of his 12 guard dogs were killed. Our area was under Pennsylvania State Police jurisdiction, there was no local sheriff or police force. Several troopers showed up that night. Then at daybreak, a tactical team arrived in a helicopter, which landed in our field. My father worked the third shift at the time, at Ingersoll Rand, and was just getting home. My father immediately walked up to Mr. Hermit's property. He crossed our field and then directly up his driveway. The state police refused to let him go any further. My mother was so scared of the ordeal that we had heard the previous night, so she decided to keep us home from school. Shortly after I saw my father disappear up Mr. Hermit's driveway, small arms fire erupted. We're all looking out our kitchen window in anticipation of the results. The state police helicopter took off and hovered over Mr. Hermit's property. It then dipped very low and then lifted something huge wrapped in a tarp with a cargo net around it. My father soon returned and told us that the state police told him that he was to forget about what we saw. The barracks commander stopped in on his way out to reinforce this. We pestered my father to tell us what it was they shot and killed. This was the only time I had ever seen fear in his eyes. All he said was that he saw them shoot and kill an extremely large wolf. He never spoke of the incident again, nor would he acknowledge my inquiries about it. I eavesdropped on him and my mother talking about it after we kids were supposed to be asleep. He said there were 9 dead guard dogs and that 12 gauge shotgun shells were everywhere. By the next night, there was a loaded 12 gauge shotgun at every entrance door with double odd buckshot. My mom had a new handgun at the ready. My father got off the night shift very soon after this incident. There have been no other incidences with bipedal wolves in our area. T.H. and his wife were traveling southbound on a county road, about a mile south of the Prairie Creek Reservoir near Muncie, Indiana. The date was December 26, 2018 at dusk. A huge flying object caught T.H.'s attention. T.H. is a military veteran, hunter, trapper and farmer who lives in the immediate area. His knowledge of military flying craft, wildlife and his keen sense of observance was apparent while I talked to him. The wing being that he was observing was unlike anything he had ever seen before. The creature was flying just above treetop level and was easily visible to the witness. His reaction was to slam on his brakes in wonderment, exclaiming to his wife do you see that? His wife was shaken by the sudden stop and was unable to react fast enough to see the wing being. TH stated that the being was humanoid in shape with an obvious face. The body had a length of approximately 6 to 7 feet, with bat-like wings that were extremely wide. The being was dark-colored, and seemed to glide at a steady speed. He never noticed the flapping of wings while watching the creature. TH's wife states that TH has been truly affected by the incident and has constantly mentioned it to her, in an attempt to explain what this winged being really was. He had refused to mention the incident outside of his family when th read about the recent sightings in gary indiana he called his wife from his job and asked her to contact me right away he later called me when he got home this witness was very forthcoming and anxious to find out what this creature was the creature mothman as we have been calling it flew right in front of our windshield It soared in between two buildings and came right in front of the van, taxi van, I was on a cab fare. It turned its head and looked right at us with little red eyes. It then flapped its wings one time and flew to the left really fast. The wings were so beautiful. I'll never forget how amazing they were. It was a very bat-like being. You could almost see through his wings. You could see the veins bulging from all angles of the wings and light that illuminated through them in the background. And I'll never forget the eyes. They were piercing and felt as if they looked right into my soul. It was definitely a very deep feeling. And you know funny thing was? Even though this massive thing flew so close in front of the van, I felt I was going to hit him. I never once put my brakes on. And I think back about that and why I didn't a lot. I mean I'm a taxi driver with a chauffeur license trained to be safe and cautious. Yet I never once slammed on my brakes or attempted to stop. Just thought I should contact you. I hope to hear back from you. I would like to know more about this thing. We wanted to tell someone bigger than just our circle of friends and family but didn't know who. I have an experience I would like to tell you about. I did not know this site existed and I was telling my brothers about it a few weeks ago at my son's birthday party, they were laughing at me. I live in Itasca, Illinois and two years ago in August 2020 I went out at about 9pm at night and was putting something in my car. About 50 to 75 yards away I saw something land in the street. It looked like it was crouching and it looked the size of a coyote or maybe bigger sitting in an upright position. It was too big to be an owl but kind of looked like a bat slash owl looking creature. Like a gargoyle with little horns on its head. I was focusing on it for about a minute and kept asking myself, what the hell is that? In a sudden burst with its wings. It kind of hopped up and exploded out of a crouching stance with a thunderous stroke of its wings and disappeared into the trees. I yelped and stepped back a bit as I could not believe my eyes. It looked like a five-foot black bat-slash-animal thing jumping-slash-flying into the trees. I have been reading about other sightings in the area and my sighting matches what others have seen. I got a good look at that creepy thing but I do not believe that it observed me because I was watching it quietly. MM. I later talked to the witness MM colon MM states that he was quite surprised when he noticed the creature. I was crouched under a fairly bright streetlight and about 50 yards in front of him in his neighborhood, in the vicinity of Bryn Mawr and Elm Street in Itasca. This location is approximately 2 miles west of O'Hare International Airport. As he watched, it was apparent that it had bat-like wings and that the face was similar to a gargoyle's depiction with small horns on its head. The coloring was gray to black. There was no eye color recognized. When it suddenly rose up from its crouched position, MM states that it stood five to six feet in height and that the body was somewhat emaciated, but defined. The arms were attached to the wide wings that spanned far off the body. It was definitely a humanoid form. He used the word explode to describe the sudden burst of energy when it took flight after just one flap of the powerful wings. The sound of the wings and ascent burst like thunder. It quickly flew into the tree and disappeared. The witness is very articulate and seemingly forthright. He is still affected by this encounter two years later. In 2012, Jackie Ritchie and some friends were urban exploring in an abandoned building that housed a swimming pool on the outskirts of Angoulême, France. It was a night exploration and flashlights were used to help them see around the disheveled building. All seems pretty routine until they shine their flashlight in a corner, one with an apparent shelving unit. That is when they observe movement and spot a strange figure. It seems to be sitting and moving its body popping a leg, arm, and head out, to peer at them. The figure, although humanoid, does not appear to be human. It seems to have noticeable red skin and large glowing white eyes. No surprise, Richie and the friend scream in horror and immediately rush outside, where they run into the woods away from whatever was inside the building. There is a strange screeching sound that follows them out, but it is unclear if it's just the natural sound of the forest? Crickets, bugs, etc., or something else, possibly the creature? Richie uploaded the video to his YouTube channel on April 3, 2012. He titled it, Strange Creature in an Abandoned Swimming Pool, Etrange Creature dans une Piscine Abandoned Knee. In his description, he noted, We still do not know what it is. It's pretty terrifying. In the years since, all the content on Richie's channel has been removed, except for that video. It is unclear if he ever made a follow-up video. Interestingly, Lulu, a friend of Richie's, responded in the video's comments, attempting to clarify that the building was normally locked and hard to get into and it was not known to be a dwelling for homeless people. No one can enter inside because it was closed. We pass next to the swimming pool each day because it's on the way to the university restaurant and we see that nobody lives inside. We don't really know what was this thing. Some of the commenters noted that the eye glow might have been a reflection from the flashlight, though it seems unlikely since human eyes don't normally reflect light that way. As well, the eyes seem far too large and too far apart and the glow is visible even when the flashlight is no longer being shined in its direction. A commenter, Primitive Sponge, wrote, that is no person dude. One. It has a red skin color too. Its eyes are bigger than a human's three. Its eyes shine. Some commenters also thought the screeching sound might have been an alarm of some sort though it's hard to tell. Sir Spooks eventually featured the video in his compilation 25 Scariest Creature Videos of All Time uploaded on July 21, 2020 he noted that it must have been terrifying for Richie and his friends. These kinds of experiences are sure to cause nightmares for anybody that has to go through it firsthand. My associate stated that the first time he saw the video, he was reminded of Marvel Comics superhero Spider-Woman, in that the figure appears lanky, possibly female, is blood red in color, skin or a skin suit? Has long jet black hair, barely visible, and its eyes seem to be shaped not unlike how the arachnid character's eyes, crooked teardrop and far apart, appear in the comics. The fact that they are glowing white only adds to the mystery. Hello, I live in a small town called Penfield in Clearfield County, Pennsylvania. This encounter happened in late July of this year, 2015. I was driving home from work on Boy Scout Road in Penfield. I usually stick to the main roads when driving home but sometimes take back roads to take in the scenery. As I was coming around a bend I saw a large brownish tan creature crouching on the side of the road. I slowed down to get a better look, that's when it turned its head towards my vehicle. It had a large head and yellowish glow to its eyes and a long nose. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. It was eating roadkill. I believe a deer. At this point I slammed my foot into the gas pedal and didn't let off the gas until I reached my home. I then jumped out of my car ran into my house and locked my doors. I grabbed my rifle from my closet and loaded it. I then went into my basement and took out a silver letter opener that I had gotten after my grandfather passed away. I haven't seen anything since. But I would like to add that about a month prior to this I was at the local Minute Mart getting gas. A Game Commission officer pulled up to the next pump. Attached to his truck was a trailer, and in that trailer was an elk. A lot of elks have radio collars and when one dies it's the Game Commission's job to figure out how it died and to take samples. I asked the man what had happened to it, it was a young elk maybe two to three years at most, It looked fine to me except for the fact that a throat was slit. He told me he had no clue and that when they found it, the collar it had been wearing was about 10 feet away. He said at first they thought it was a bear as it's the only animal around here large enough to take down a bull elk. But there was no evidence indicating it was a bear. Plus, he told me, the cut on its throat was too clean. After that conversation I didn't think too much of it until I saw that thing that night. I'm a very facts-based person and I don't hold any personal beliefs as far as supernatural things are concerned. But since that night I don't know what to think anymore. The reason I'm writing this to you is because I saw that back in November you wrote about a man on state game lands 331 seeing a similar creature. I lived in this town my whole life and spent more time in the woods than any place else. I've seen all the animals around here and I can tell you this thing was not natural. I went to the Rotary Park in Perry, Georgia. I jokingly stood in the middle of a mushroom ring and laughed to myself and thought, oh well. So I did not go into another dimension. I walked down the pathway in the woods along a creek. There I saw this beautiful tree over the creek. I thought it was so beautiful that I took a picture of it intending to use it as wallpaper for my cell phone. When I returned home, I got to zoom in and look at it closely for details. To my amazement, I noticed this tiny man in a yellow shirt with blonde hair and a beanie. He seems to have a frog creature on his back and is looking down to the left at what seems as you zoom in and out to be a black ape-like face. Anyway, I have shown it to many others and they see him too. I now want you to see it because it is truly amazing. Fairies are real. This has really changed my life and thoughts in a magical way. I leave little gifts there like tobacco and hard candy on the tree. My friend went to the park the other day and said they have cut down the fairy tree. I felt sad about that, but I must return and make sure for myself. He is on the left side of the tree under a skinny limb. Please check it out. It is so fascinating. There's my parking lot. We were facing toward my building and next to that between me and the canal. There's a parking lot that has nothing, just like a lot, and then there's the canal. I could see the overpass bridge that runs down Auburn over the canal. Across from that is a shop that has lights on it and there's a very, very well lit, I'm not sure what it is, a hauling business, I think, they have trucks and garage doors and stuff. Then there's a pretty thin tree line on the canal and there's nothing on my side of the canal. It is reasonably well lit. When, the creature, crawled out, of the canal, I could see the cement guardrail walls of the canal because all the lights on this side from that shop and the light reflecting from the lights that are on the side of my building. The trees are dark. I heard a screech that made me turn my head in that direction. Then it looked like it crawled from out of the canal because I saw this black silhouette following up and onto the embankment. That's when you could see the black silhouette against the light on the other side, of the canal. You could clearly see this black blob moving across. And when my mom looked over, because she saw something in the corner of her eye, and obviously I was already looking over there, she saw the black blob, and then it took flight within the tree line. We could clearly see the shape of the wings and the size of this thing going through the tree line. Obviously. I can't say it was through the tree line, it could have been just above the canal, like the water. But we saw it completely pass like we saw it. Going through. Shauna told investigator Tobias Whalen that the creature reminded her of the character Marcus from the film Underworld, because of its humanoid appearance and bat-like wings. It was massive, like hunched over, when it was coming out of the canal. It looked like the size of our dumpster that we have in the back of our apartment building it was huge i have no clue what to even compare it to it was super tall and big when it walked when it was on the ground it was like hunched over and crouched it looked like this massive blob she said when it initially left the ground it flapped its wings and it wasn't a super fast flap because the wings were so big The canal goes down into a more vegetative spot, so we lost sight of it there. Auburn Street where it passes over Fort Kent Creek. Shauna estimated the creature's wingspan to be 12 feet and described the sound it made as a dinosaur screech, like a raptor screech. I didn't see any glowing red eyes or anything like everybody else is describing, but it flew away from us, and we were looking at its profile most of the time or its back, she said. I was freaking out it was pitch black the winged entity flew halfway up the trees so it was directly in the tree line and then stayed steady all the way down she said it couldn't have been in the trees because of the size of its wingspan but it could have been over the canal and just followed the canal down there's water down there but it's a very small like a creek and then there's a walkway that runs down it that you can go all the way down into this park that's in the back neighborhoods. Then there's these huge storm drains, but they're huge like you can just walk in there. You might have to duck your head a little bit, but you can walk in there. I don't know if it crawled out of there, but where else could it be? All in all, the sighting lasted maybe two or three minutes, Shauna said. Soon after the winged humanoid sighting, Shauna and her mother saw something else equally inexplicable in the sky. We walked to this broken down fence that separates my area from this lot that's on the other side, between us and the canal. We were out there walking, and I asked my roommate to come downstairs and bring a flashlight so we can shine it in the tree line and see if we see anything. She came down in 15 minutes, didn't see anything, and we drove down to the park, But the trees are so dense down there that even if there was something in there, we wouldn't have seen it. When we drove back, she went to the gas station for about 10 minutes, but my mom and I were still outside in this light. Almost looked like it was glowing. It looked as if you were to see a sort of stingray, like a glowing stingray in the air. It materialized above the air, like maybe 50 to 60 feet in the air above the empty lot. And then it had wings but they were very fluid moving very slow moving and very thin like if you look on the side of a stingray we could see that thing almost glowing against the dark sky and there was nothing that it could have reflected off of it was a clear sky or that could have caused that like a spotlight it was an actual physical thing there in the air it didn't look white it looked like light almost like a translucent whitish light It wasn't just a white object because the sky was pitch black. We saw the whole glowing silhouette and it flew very smoothly and fluidly over to the street. It generally stayed the same height in the air. Then it turned around and came back over and literally disappeared in the same spot. It materialized. It didn't go down. It didn't go up. It just vanished. Shauna guessed that the object was about six feet in length and very skinny. She elaborated on her description of the glowing object, explaining that although it did not look precisely like a stingray, that was the best way she could describe it. It didn't have a tail. I describe it as a stingray because it was flat. I don't know how wide it was or if it was just this skinny, long thing, but if you're looking at the back of a stingray at eye level, it's flat and it's got pointed ends where the edges are flat ends and then it's thicker in the body and thinner in the wings. It was so fluid and smooth and slow moving, she said. It was a long, thin object. It didn't have the jerky movements of the other thing. It was very fluid, like a stingray moving in the water. Shana was certain the glowing UFO couldn't have had any prosaic explanation, such as a spotlight. There was nothing for light to reflect off of. There are no power cords or anything that run all the way down. It was like seeing electricity or a glowing orb at night but it was long and skinny and it moved like it was flapping wings but it was very fluid very smooth movement historical weather data confirms that the sky was clear at the time of her sighting nor was there any wind to blow something that could have been misidentified like a balloon as for the winged creature when asked if it could have been a known animal indigenous to the area shauna responded that she had considered that but was sure it was not i know what foxes and coyotes sound like in mating season and fights stuff like that generally we hear dogs barking in our neighborhood i know what it sounds like when dogs are fighting it didn't sound like anything it wasn't a person screaming it wasn't animals or anything and then for me to hear the screech and look over and see that thing I just put two and two together that this creature is the thing that made the noise. I thought about herons and cranes and stuff like that, the only difference is that the size of it, for one thing, because the wings were huge, and there was no break in the wings, there was no color to it, it was pitch black. Even when it was on the side of the embankment where the lights are, it was completely pitch black. You could see a clear outline of it. You know how those birds usually have really skinny legs? Well, this was thick, too thick to be a heron or a crane. The thickness of the wings and the whole size of the body itself. When it was hunched over. I couldn't clearly see the outline of the head or anything. It was just this hunched over, curled together on all fours sort of thing. It didn't have any long skinny legs or heads protruding. It was just this huge black mass. The experience left both Shauna and her mother upset and frightened, but they both feel strongly about what they experienced and are willing to go on the record about it. I was panicking, when the UFO appeared, she said. I jumped behind my mom, and I had this hunting knife. I don't know what I was going to do with it, it didn't come near us. It was weird that we were out there looking for whatever that creature was that flew away, and then we see this glowing thing in the sky. Although they haven't seen anything like that since, the experience did lend a new, unsettling perspective to something that had happened just a week prior. About a week beforehand, I was walking up my back stairs, again it was late, my mom was sitting downstairs waiting for me to unlock my door, and I heard that screech, Shauna said. This is one of several sightings of winged humanoids that have come out of Rockford over the past several years. This is my interaction with the Palmyra, Maine Wolves. This story takes place in 2018. My friends G, Brian, Sarah and I love exploring forests and abandoned buildings. Occasionally we work up the courage to go to alleged haunted buildings. G found a cool little area in the woods in Palmyra that was perfect for camping. He called us and told us and we all started getting ready to go camping for the weekend. I was in charge of bringing food and some sort of protection so I grab my father's machete. A few hours later he picks Brian, Sarah, and me up at my house. Halfway there we went to the store for tents and extra batteries. When we leave the store Brian and I get a weird feeling. But it was a new area for me so I brushed it off. Later we finally get to the campsite and we set up the tents. G and Brian make a fire and Sarah and I unpack the food and put fresh batteries in the flashlights. We eat dinner and go to bed. Around 2.30 AM Sarah woke me up crying, saying she saw something in the woods. This was unusual. Sarah never cried in front of anyone, but she was terrified. So I grab a flashlight and we walk out and look around. We see and hear nothing. So I say, your eyes are just messing with you. It's fine. She nods and goes back to her tent and I go back into mine. Ten minutes later we hear the most bone-chilling scream ever and everyone jumps out. I grab the machete and we all stand back to back with flashlights pointed out in the forest. We all look and Brian says, guys, I see four pairs of eyes. We look, and about 50 feet away we see the eyes. One of them walks out and it was seven to nine feet tall and we backed up slowly so we don't antagonize it more. It makes the most monstrous growl ever. We turn around and run to the truck. We get in and decide to drive to a hotel and come back in the morning when the sun was out. We get there and rent out a room and stay there. We woke up around 1030 and go back to get our stuff. All the tents were ripped to shreds and our backpacks were spread across the campsite. We grab all our stuff and promise to never come back. This is a description of the being I saw in Burlington, Kansas that looked like a cloaked predator from the film series. I had a bird's eye view from an apartment balcony overlooking a smooth bend to the left in the road that passes by the river dam in town. The car made the slight jog to the left easily but swerved abruptly to the right like he was trying to avoid hitting something in the road to the left. He went into the ditch and got out very cautiously and seemed to be looking in the direction of what I first thought was a giant swarm of gnats or maybe dust off to the left of the road just inches in the grass about 25 feet from his car. He then got out his phone and proceeded to take a couple of photos of this thing. He definitely looked freaked out and ran back into his car, which I assumed to call a friend. A truck showed up about five minutes later to pull him out. This mass was still standing upright and seemed to be looking at all that was going on but stayed motionless. It seemed to be facing the opposite way from my vantage point towards the car and truck, although you couldn't see the actual detail of this thing. You could definitely see it had an upright human stance. The car headlights didn't pass all the way through it but almost bent around it. The light was still passing through it but not in a straight line. I could see through it like foggy glass or glass with a slight smoke to it. There was no shadow visible on the ground around the figure. After the car and truck sped away, it simply vanished. If these things can't alter their reality like I believe they can, they can make themselves completely see through or shimmer while fading in and out of our realm because they share some DNA with angels. This is just my theory on that, but I do believe they can definitely move in and out of our reality. For example, Philip in the Bible was done baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch and after the eunuch came up out of the water Philip was gone. Philip instantly found himself in another city. I believe this is just one example of either teleportation or opening a portal and going through it for instant travel. Either way, it is interesting and can connect a few dots with what I've been studying. I hope this helps someone. I am 40 years old and my name is DV. I am a construction worker in Seattle, Washington. This is the first time that I have contacted you. I want to share with you my experience with the Predator or as others have named it the Glimmer Man. Until now, I thought that maybe I was going crazy. This is the first and only experience that I have ever had with anything paranormal or otherworldly. It was a very brief encounter but I know what I saw and this has made me question everything that I know. I am a Christian and that has been my upbringing. Okay, let me explain what happened. This was in late August this year 2018. I was riding in the passenger seat of our work truck with my boss driving and another worker sitting in the back. We were on our way to a job site in Seattle and we were exiting the I-5 freeway which is the main interstate between Canada down to Mexico. As we were exiting the freeway, I was just sitting back in my seat and as I looked to the right I saw this predator-like figure moving to its right. I jumped up in my seat and said to my boss, oh my god. Do you see that? Look. I was absolutely stunned. There was a little outcropping of trees and beyond that, There were three to four homeless people just going about their business. They seemed to be clueless about the figure that was walking about 20 yards in front of them. I was absolutely shocked and did not know what to say or do. I only saw the figure for about four or five seconds and when I turned to my boss to ask if he was seeing this and then turned back to where I saw the figure. It was gone or I lost sight of it. It was exactly like the predator figure in the movie not the alien form but the cloaked version. In my 40 years, I have never seen anything like that. My wife is the only person that I have told because I don't want people to think that I am crazy. I have recently heard other stories about the same thing. It is somewhat comforting to know that there have been other sightings and that I am not crazy. Also, have there been similar sightings in the Seattle or Washington state area? I would really love to know, I know that you are extremely busy, but if you could respond to my email, I will be extremely grateful. Thank you so much. Thanks. In January 2019, I noticed something lumbering down my driveway. The window I was looking out faces over and above the drive. If that's clear, for example, I can see the roof of your car, but not always the bottom of the tire. Regardless, I notice movement. I look out and see what I initially thought was a bear, nose to the ground, kind of snuffling its head side to side. Casually walking down the drive on all fours. A little geographical clarity. I live in town. The front of my neighborhood faces a major highway, but the back is all state game lands. I've seen some wildlife, turkeys, a deer here and there and every skunk in the county apparently lives on my street. I don't see many squirrels, groundhogs, or chipmunks, which is a bit odd. I'm not very far from the city of Scranton, about seven miles from downtown. So I'm not exactly in the sticks. I watched this bear mosey down toward the street, its head lowered. I moved from the living room window to my bedroom window that has a full view of the street. Sure enough, here it comes. But something is wrong. I watched this beast stand on two legs and casually walk out into the road. I see pointed ears, and a long snout. It's got its head raised, smelling the air. This was no bear. I saw it in perfect silhouette under the yellow street light. It was either dark gray or black. The yellow light threw off the true color. It stood without effort looked like one fluid movement. It then walked across the road, casual as you please and kind of hunkered down in some scrub brush. Then I realized it was looking right into my bedroom. It had blue eyes. I'm not sure if that was reflected light if they were glowing. It looked right at me. I lost my legs at that moment and sat down under my window. Absolutely panicked. I was home alone with five cats and a dog who slept through the whole thing. I didn't know what to do. My window is a big picture window, and if it wanted me, it easily could have gotten me. I cautiously got on my knees to peek over the sill and I lost it. Didn't see eyes or it anywhere. It seemed to be either moving away from the forest, behind my house or it decided to rest up in that scrub brush. What I saw under the street light is as follows, darkish fur, high-pointed ears. Long muzzle. I never saw teeth or if it had a tail. It had hands with long claws, that hung kind of limp wrist. If they were fully extended, they would hang below the knee. It walked on hocked dog legs. It looked heavily muscled, but had a tapered waist. It was about seven seven and a half feet tall, judging from where it stood in relation to the streetlight. It was non-aggressive, even when I felt it look right at me. I was terrified, but I didn't get a sense that it was pissed off it had been seen, as some people report. I didn't take a picture because I simply didn't think to. I was in a fair amount of shock, but sometimes your phone is the absolute last thing on your mind. There have been some odd sounds, tapping at my window, I can hear scratching of the siding. I don't see that many animals around the neighborhood. There used to be about seven stray cats I fed. All gone. Once the weather broke, it's been quiet. I installed motion lights, and bought two game cameras. I'm hoping they are in a sense like Sasquatch, they avoid game cams. I don't ever want to see this thing again. Those of you who want to see one, pray you never do. My encounter was non-aggressive. I can't imagine having to deal with this thing pissed off. I still can't sleep a full night, and every sound scares the hell out of me after dark. I live alone, and the .357 I own would probably just ruffle its fur. I was recently told by a friend that you investigate strange canine sightings in Pennsylvania. I live in the northeastern part of the state, in rural Monroe County in the Poconos. I have a bipedal wolf account. This occurred on September 3, 1975. I now own the property and still live there. My father and I were traveling in our family station wagon on a dirt road on our property. When we first saw this creature it had come out of heavy woods and crossed the road while on all fours. We stopped the car and watched it. When it reached the north boundary of our field it stood up on its hind legs. It tried to hide between two mulberry trees. Its head touched a branch that was approximately 12 feet off the ground. My father would later measure its height. It then ran south, dropping down on all fours. It was running at an unbelievable speed. It covered 100 plus yards and ran out of the southern boundary of our field into the road directly in front of us. From its nose to the tip of its tail it covered the county road from shoulder to shoulder approximately 18 feet. Its left shoulder was about one foot above the center of the hood of our car. When measured it was three feet off the ground putting its left shoulder at approximately four feet tall. As it ran in front of us crossing the road it turned its head toward us and snarled showing all of its teeth including the canines that were at least six inches long. It had huge amber eyes and just looked plain evil. The neighbor who owned the woods where the creature had come out of had about 12 guard dogs. He lived alone, we called him Mr. Hermit, and owned about 100 acres which included several long retired slate quarry holes that were all filled with clear blue water and huge fish. The woods were also full of deer. By the way, our newly built home was about 50 yards west of where it ran south across the road. A few nights after this incident, at about 1 a.m. in the morning, all hell broke loose. We could hear the neighbor's guard dogs fighting, madly yelping, and being slaughtered. Mr. Hermit opened up with a 12-gauge and kept firing. We would find out later that nine of his 12 guard dogs were killed. Our area was under Pennsylvania State Police jurisdiction, there was no local sheriff or police force. Several troopers showed up that night. Then at daybreak, a tactical team arrived in a helicopter, which landed in our field. My father worked the third shift at the time, at Ingersoll Rand, and was just getting home. My father immediately walked up to Mr. Hermit's property. He crossed our field and then directly up his driveway. The state police refused to let him go any further. My mother was so scared of the ordeal that we had heard the previous night, so she decided to keep us home from school. Shortly after I saw my father disappear up Mr. Hermit's driveway, small arms fire erupted. We're all looking out our kitchen window in anticipation of the results. The state police helicopter took off and hovered over Mr. Hermit's property. It then dipped very low and then lifted something huge wrapped in a tarp with a cargo net around it. My father soon returned and told us that the state police told him that he was to forget about what we saw. The barracks commander stopped in on his way out to reinforce this. We pestered my father to tell us what it was they shot and killed. This was the only time I had ever seen fear in his eyes. All he said was that he saw them shoot and kill an extremely large wolf. He never spoke of the incident again, nor would he acknowledge my inquiries about it. I eavesdropped on him and my mother talking about it after we kids were supposed to be asleep. He said there were 9 dead guard dogs and that 12 gauge shotgun shells were everywhere. By the next night, there was a loaded 12 gauge shotgun at every entrance door with double odd buckshot. My mom had a new handgun at the ready. My father got off the night shift very soon after this incident. There have been no other incidences with bipedal wolves in our area. In 2002, just two weeks before Christmas, I decided to go coyote hunting by myself. I was having trouble sleeping. No one knew I had left, as it's around 11.30 pm. No cell phones of any kind. Bad idea. I started my trek as always, down a well-used trail, until I reached a steep section covered with multiflora rose bushes. However, I had previously cut a path and it wasn't hard to navigate, even in the snow that had been falling. I continued down the hill until reaching the large ravine that sets not too far behind my house. Then moving to my left, I went about another hundred yards or so to where the terrain planes out and you can cross a shallow stream. I crossed the stream and proceeded to walk up the long, snow-covered hillside trail. After reaching the top, I went into action setting up all of my gear and finding a spot with a good back rest and nice firing lanes. My back rested against a large pile of crushed slate. My was shotgun leveled across my knees. I quietly sat there, getting colder and colder as more snow covered by the minute. After 45 minutes to an hour I decided to quit and pack everything up. This is when things got scary. I grabbed my red filtered one mil candle power field spotlight. When I turned it on I saw it around 10 feet away, nose to the ground in my direction on all fours. The light coming on didn't even startle or phase the creature. It's like it knew right where I was and knew the light would be on it at any second. It then took a step toward me and lifted up onto two legs. It didn't creak or crack when standing up. The only noise that I could note was a low, deep-sounding pop in the rib slash sternum area. It stretched out and puffed its chest as if it wasn't big enough. I would have to say that I was at least seven to eight feet tall, with five-finger hands with two-inch claws. This dog man, cryptid canine never did open its mouth, so I can't comment on teeth. It took a step toward me as I had my shotgun already leveled. I fired a shot that hit it in the right mid-upper portion of its ribs. Mind you, that hitting something this close with a .12 gauge shotgun usually causes a major hole and nothing could walk away from it. I was using number two shot and the wad would've barely opened by the time it hit the creature. The shot let loose a mist of blood in the red-tinged light of the spotting lamp. It let out a loud yelp, then tucked its ears and ran to my right. It made it out of the light circle in two strides. I fired two more times at it but it was much too quick and I missed. I got up and started walking in the direction it ran, forgetting momentarily to reload my shotgun. I walked for about 10 feet and found a large pool of blood. Then walked a few more feet and found less blood. This process repeated until I was around 30 feet from where I initially started and there's no blood to be, just footprints. It's as if this thing could quickly regenerate or something to heal itself of such a massive wound. I stopped and realized how stupid I was for going after this thing after it just got wounded. I didn't know if there may have been more of these creatures in the area or if they hunted in packs. I just thought I had encountered a real life werewolf. I then trudged home in the night with a surely wounded God knows what potentially circling me the whole way as I go. I took my time getting back. It took me two hours to walk what normally took 20 to 30 minutes. I made it back home, went to bed and never spoke of that night again until 2019. I hardly hunt anymore due to health problems, but even if I was healthy, going back out there you would always be looking over your shoulder. However, I am working on getting a group of professional cryptid researchers to come take a look. James West. This story has been told to me by my great grandmother. This happened in a small village. She told me that there was a woman that she could turn into a cat and different animals. I am from Romania. She told me that this lady came and she stole the milk from their cows. But when my great grandfather went to stay with the cows to see who is stealing the milk, he saw a cat that transformed into a human. The next day he went to her and confronted her, but she denied all the accusations. The next night he went again to sit next to the cow but with his brother. When he saw the old lady he went to confront her again but she turned into a cat and left. He threw an axe at her and hit her and he caused a lot of damage. She died slowly. But before she died she put a curse on him and his brother's family. He died soon like two to three years from that and his brother right after him. The only one to survive that curse was my great-great-grandmother. Residents from Sigala's Zikawini village are living in fear amid indications that invisible creatures suspected to be goblins have been terrorizing them since last year, mysteriously killing their children, livestock and destroying their crops. It is said in September last year two families lost their children due to goblin attacks. Residents expressed relief after the goblin which was claimed to have killed the children was destroyed by prophets. However, the peace was short-lived as it is reported that the residents are once again subjected to suspected goblins that are said to be killing several villagers' cattle. The alleged goblin strike during the night. Staying in their homesteads has become a nightmare for community members residing in Zikawini village under Chief Sigala. Every morning we wake up to the death of our cattle. At first we thought it was a thief so we took turns in guarding the crawls in the hope of catching the thief. It was all in vain because we never caught anyone but every morning we found a dead cow in different homesteads. Last year a cleansing ceremony was carried out when some kids mysteriously died and we thought we would have peaceful lives. Right now we don't know how we will be helped because we believe these goblins can be killed but later on come back in full force, said a villager who preferred anonymity. Village head Meliali and Lovu has not been spared from the goblin attacks. So far 30 cattle have been found dead in this area. I have also lost some of my cattle, said Asad and Lovu. He added, I am now seeking divine and traditional interventions to exorcise the area. Whether it's goblins or someone using juju, we are tired and we want the goblins or the person behind this caught. I have heard complaints that the goblins are also destroying some villagers' crops. I am currently organizing funds so that I embark on a journey to Chipinge to get a powerful traditional healer. Villagers expressed concern and pleaded for an immediate solution before the attacks get serious. Each household is currently contributing money to pay the person who will conduct the cleansing ceremony. We hope they will do a good job and stop this terror before it gets out of hand," said a villager who only identified herself as Ma, Kumalo.